Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Chapter 105. Now, if you've been following this series, you've been thinking, wait a minute. Usually this series starts in Genesis because the story of Joseph is in Genesis. But guys, I want you to hear me very well. What I'm about to share with you today is going to be uh, very strengthening for the Lord, and I felt a very like the Lord woke me up on Saturday, and and I thank God for my staff because I texted them. I said, "Sorry, Joanne, I have more revelation for from the Lord," and I sent it to her uh, because I woke up and the Lord just gave me this revelation. I've never preached on this particular psalm before, but it fits with my um, with my message. If you've been uh, following along, how many have been blessed by the series from Calling to Destiny? Right? It's been a powerful series. Believe it or not, I think I'm on part five now. But uh, I, I had a temptation to stop, but the Lord says, keep studying the story of Joseph because it's going to be so revolutionary for your people. So a recap uh, really quick before we turn to Psalm 105. Part one, we realize that from calling to destiny, you have a calling. Say, I have a calling. Come on, say, I have a calling. But there's a difference, come on, between receiving a calling or a dream than to walking it out. Thank you, PK, for, for the only one that was saying it. Okay. The first, that there were several tests that, that Joseph had to pass to fulfill his calling. And we've been on a journey, right? The first test he had to pass was a pride test, right? He had to pass a pride test. Everybody say pride test. I used to say this. Pride is like bad breath. Everyone knows you have it except you. Don't be saying, hello, God bless you, Right? But pride is the same way. Pride thinks, oh, I don't have anything wrong with me. Everybody else has a problem. That's pride, right? The second test that, that Joseph had to pass in order to achieve his calling, it was the pit test. And we asked several questions. Number one, why am I in the pit, right? The perspective of the pit. What is God trying to show me, right? And what's the purpose of the pit? To get us back to the Father. Come on, say the purpose of the pit is to get us back to the Father. Come on, is RCC alive this morning? Okay. Nudge your neighbor, they're falling asleep. I give you permission, okay? Part three, we learned that Joseph then, after he got sold as a slave, then he was doing the right thing, watch this, and he got temptation of sexual impurity, and he had to pass the purity test because he had to run. And how did he pass a purity test? He ran from sexual immorality, but he also had the fear of the Lord. Those who only have the love of God with them will never pass the purity test. You have to have the fear of the Lord in you. And then number, number, uh, number four, which was last week, we talked about the prison test. Everybody say the prison test. Everybody say the prison test. The prison test is equivalent to trials and tribulation and fiery trials, which is st- trials on steroids, and, and tribulation, which is long periods of time in an affliction-bound, sort of hurtful state. And so we found out last week that tribulation produces what? Come on, come on. Perseverance. And are you guys listening? Are you guys <laughs> Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Tribulation, Romans chapter 5, produces patience and perseverance. And what patience is, is, is waiting, listen, with contentment, while you're waiting, right? So that patience or perseverance produces character. This is key. And character produces hope. 
And we found out that true character produces hope because hope is, must be found in the Lord, not in our circumstances changing. Because if our hope is in our circumstances changing, the longer it doesn't change, the more our hope will be deferred and our hearts will grow sick. Right? So we're going to pull something today that's going to be, I believe, revolutionary for your walk with God. Psalm 105, there's a little excerpt on the life of Joseph that I want you to see. All right? If you're there, say amen. amen. If you're not falling asleep, say amen. amen. If you're excited, say amen. amen. Psalm 105 or 17, it's going to be up on the screen. He sent a man before them named Joseph. Everybody say Joseph. Who was sold as a slave. Now I want you to see this very carefully. I, hadn't, I didn't see this before. They hurt his feet with fetters, and he was laying, laid in irons. In other words, it wasn't a pretty uh, sight when he was in prison. It was, God did not just allow him to, to, do, to go through little minor trials. He went through major trials. They hurt his feet, and they put a chain around his neck. All right? Now watch this. This next sentence is the crux of my whole message this morning. Until. Everybody say until. The time... That his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. Oh, I feel like preaching this morning. Until his word. If you notice that word his is not capitalized. So that word his is talking about Joseph. Until his word came to pass, the word tested Joseph. There's two words for the word word. I <laughs> hope I don't confuse you here. There's two words for the word word. All right, the first half of the word, I'm going to break it down in a second, talk, is talking about Joseph's prophetic word that was spoken over his life at one point in his life to be, to be biblically accurate. When he was 17 years old, God spoke to him. Think about when God first spoke to you about what God was going to do in your life. Think about when God spoke to you when you first got saved. Think about what God spoke to you about the mission and the call and the assignment of God over your life. How old were you? Oh, how about you've been praying and God spoke to you a promise that one day all your kids are going to serve the Lord. Or you heard from the Lord that one day he's going to restore your marriage. Where were you at? Listen, where were you at? And what, what was happening, right? So that's the prophetic word. Say the prophetic word. But then it says that very same sentence, until his prophetic word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. That's, I'm going to tell you that, uh, what that means in just a second. At some point in Joseph's life, guys, Joseph had to come to realization if he was able to believe what God spoke to him when he was 17 years old. At one point in his life, he had to realize that the prophetic word that God gave him at 17 was not even close to happening. He had to decide if he still believed what God spoke to him when he was 17 years old. Let's do a recap of what happened to this awesome guy, Joseph, who, by the way, was doing all the right things. He got a cloak of many colors. The favor of the father was on him. His brothers did not like them. They sold. Imagine your brothers, your sisters, selling you as a slave. If you know anything about slavery, once you're a slave, you cannot climb the ladder as a, un, a, 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 a free person in the slave world. You become a slave, and you're in the ranks and the population of the slaves. He got sold by his brothers. Then he went to Egypt, a place he didn't know. And then he is suffering rejection. And all the while, a, a woman, Potiphar's wife, tempts him to sleep with him. He says no repeatedly. And he says no for like the hundredth time. She grabs his cloak. He leaves. She screams rape. And the Pharaoh says, oh, really? I trusted you. Now you're going to prison. 
The whole time, God did not intervene. The whole time, God did not stop this process. He went through prison, and he went through, through rejection. He prophesied over a baker and a butler that, please remember them, one of them got out. One of them didn't. They forgot about him. And you have to realize when he was probably, I'm just guessing, 28 or 29, because he got this prophecy when he was 17 years old. It wasn't until he was 30. It's interesting because Jesus started his ministry in 30. David started his ministry in 30. Just throwing that out there, right? He was 17 years old. He was a teenager or a young, young adult when he received a call, when he received a dream. And he went through all this hell right after he received a prophetic word. But you know what was testing him the whole time? Watch this. The word was testing Joseph's uh, life while his prophetic word was waiting to come a pass. Now, what do you mean by, what, what do I mean by the word was testing Joseph? Here's what I mean. A little foundation. The word that was already implanted in Joseph's heart. In other words, I want to see if there's enough word inside of you to last this testing period. I want to see if you will let your standards down during the time when the promises of God are being delayed over your life when the spoken word, the spoken promise that I told you when you were 17 and now you're 28 years old and you have probably forgotten all about what I spoke to you because all you see in your life is pain, come on somebody, is trials, is tribulation, is rejection, is, is, is confusion, is division, is argument and you had forgotten that at 17 years old God God spoke to you that he was going to make you a favorable person and an influential person. But six, 10 years had passed and nothing had happened. Have you ever received the word from the Lord and got excited and nothing happened? That was five people. The rest of you, you need to listen to me carefully. Have you ever received a word from the Lord that you knew this is God, this is God, whether it's a dream or a vision or Jesus himself showed up to you? And you're thinking, this is awesome. God's going to use you me. God is going to restore me. He's going to get me out of this financial pit. He spoke to me. The word of the Lord is true. And then right after that, all these things start happening to you. Here's a clue for you. The fight really begins right after you receive a prophetic promise. That's when the fight and that's when the battle really begins. Right after you receive a prophetic promise from the Lord... You will see that you will have to fight this battle. Now, Joseph couldn't run from this anymore. And, and, and so when the Lord speaks, I want you to see them. Give me foundation around. There's certain prophetic words that God speaks over your life that are conditional. Everybody say conditional. So what that means is there are certain prophetic words that God speaks over your life over, or, or over a nation or over individual that is conditional, which means, it, it, uh, sorry, is unconditional. I'm going to be conditional first. There are certain promises that are unconditional. Say unconditional. So unconditional means we don't need, God doesn't need our cooperation to fulfill it. Now, let that, that right there blows some of you guys' mind. You're like, oh, well, if God said it, it's going to happen automatically. But there are certain promises that are conditional and certain promises that are, uh, that are unconditional. Let me tell you a prophetic utterance that is unconditional. When God declares he's coming back for his bride. When God declares he is coming back, yeah, we can hasten the Lord's return through prayer. Yes, we can hasten it uh, a little bit through our obedience and, to, and being prepared. I get all that because that is scripture. But there's nothing you and I can do to stop his return. 
There's, there's nothing you and I could do to slow down his return. Do you think God's up there saying, oh, guys, you know, I'm just all, my plans are all messed up because they're not getting right. Well, then he may never come. But there will be a time, whether we're ready or not, that the trumpet is going to sound. That's an unconditional promise, prophetic declaration. It doesn't need, it doesn't need your cooper, full cooperation for him to come. But there are some many prophetic words, watch this now, that are conditional in context, meaning if you don't do your part, that prophetic word that is from the Lord will not come to pass if you do not cooperate and partner in obedience with him and his word. That's why the Bible says, until his prophetic word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. All right? In other words, he was waiting until that prophetic word come to pass, and the Lord's word was testing Joseph all throughout these fiery trials to see if his conviction, his level of holiness will still remain the same when he didn't see anything. Can you still be obedient when for years you haven't received what you've been praying for? Now listen, listen, he, he, he was 17 years old. He was 30 when he got it. So the famous scripture when it comes to condition, right, is, and I use it a lot, but I, you need to hear this. 2 Chronicles 714, it's not going to be on the screen. If, say, say if. Here's a little clue. In scripture, if every time you see the word if, that means he, God won't do something unless you do something in fullness, right? Right? Watch this. If my people who are called by my name, watch this, shall humble themselves, they'll pray, Seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, watch this, then I will. Do you see that? Then, in other words, I won't do this unless you do that. You can get with this or you can get with that. Some of my old school people know what I'm talking about. Listen, watch this, watch this. If, say if, if you pray, if you seek my face, if you turn from your wicked ways, God says, then, here's the promise, I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive you of your sins, listen, and I will heal your land. But it not, it's not going to happen unless we humble ourselves and pray. Now watch this. Here's another conditional promise. I have given you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind, then I'll bind. Whatever you bind on earth in prayer, I'll bind it in heaven by thy power. Whatever you loose on earth, I'll loose it in heaven. What good is it if I give you a keys to a BMW and you never use it? The Lord promise for Joseph was conditional. Now, I want to give you a lesson here because the first word for word, I don't, hope, hope I'm not just, not word, 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 right? Word, okay? The first word of word where it says uh, until his word came to pass is the Hebrew word uh, um, Dabar, which was, has been used over 1,400 times in the Old Testament, is a Hebrew word, Dabar, which, which, uh, which means utterance, spoken word, speech, command, or promise spoken in word. That's the first half of that scripture. Until his prophetic word, or Dabar, came to pass, that spoken prophetic word, right? That's the first half. The second word is, is different. And that's a Hebrew word called Imra. Everybody say Imra. Now that means, literally, if you look it up in the Hebrew lexicon, that word, word, when it says the word of the Lord tested him, the second half of that word, means the Torah, the written word of God. In other words, the scriptures. Look at this slide. Look at this slide. So when you combine these two Hebrew words together, this is what it reads. Put that slide up. Until 
the time that Joseph's prophetic word came to pass, the literal word of God tested him. Until the time that Joseph's prophetic word came to pass, the whole time that Joseph is waiting for the prophetic word to come to pass, the word of the Lord that was in him tested him. That's why David was able to say, hide your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to know how much of the word is inside of you when it comes to the waiting process. As a matter of fact, you can tell the strength of the word in you by how you respond in obedience during the waiting season. During the waiting season, no one could open up their heart and say, hey, I have 95% of the word in me. I have 75%. Oh, you hold one, try 25%. You could tell the strength of the word in you by how you respond when there's waiting and there's waiting for the prophetic promise that God spoke to come to pass. You and I can claim that we're strong in the Lord. But when nothing happens for five years and you begin to drift away, it just shows you that the word of the Lord has been trying to test you. And it shows you that you have very little of the word of God in you. The word of the Lord, what does that mean? Does it mean to, to throw the Bible at him? No, the word of the Lord that was already in Joseph was testing him. In other words, how much of the word do you have inside of you when trials and tribulations come? And how do you respond? So how does the word test us? I wrote a couple of things down. By seeing if we uphold his commands while we wait. Say, while we wait. By testing our hearts if we will give up or stay strong in the principles of the Lord while we wait. If we will lower our standards or keep them aligned with scriptures while we wait. While we wait. The more the prophetic word of the Lord does not come to your to, to pass to you, the more you will have a tendency to lower your standards, to give up. Because in your mind, God forsook you. God is not hearing you. So I'm just going to do my thing. If it takes a couple months, I'm just going to be blunt here. If it takes a couple of months for you to go astray when you don't see anything, you have very little of the word. It took 13 years from the time that pro the prophetic word came over Joseph to the time he actually started walking in his calling and the whole time the word was saying do you still keep my standard do you still keep the holiness can you still turn away from sin I can imagine in, at, at, at age 27 28 10 years in and seeing nothing there must have been a maybe a little teeny bit of that time saying maybe I could just give up and finally do what I want to do Now watch this. Look at this next slide. The written word of God. See, I just feel, some of you, some of you, I feel this from the Lord. Some of you are waiting for something that God actually did speak to you. God promised restoration to some of you and you're growing weary. This is for some of you. God, God promised you in a dream or you went to a Bible study one time and, or a prophet came, a reputable prophet said, thus saith the Lord, don't worry, your marriage is going to be restored and you're losing all hope because you don't see that. Or your family, your prodigal son is coming. Or you're going to get delivered. And there's silence. How do we respond during the silent seasons? Silent seasons. Remember Jesus when he turned that, turned that woman when he said, uh, I can't give the, the children's bread to the dogs? In that same story, she was begging him. And the Bible says he looked at her and said not a word. 
What, what do you do when you're crying out to God and God doesn't say a word? It's because he's testing something inside of us. I'm telling you. Look, look at this. Look at that, look at that, look at that uh, slide. The written word of God will test you when you are in the waiting season of your prophetic word from God. The Lord does this to see if we will remain obedient, hallelujah, and still believe that what he spoke will come to pass. Now watch. I'm going to give you a couple of examples of the, of the word of God testing you. Let me pause and say this. The word of God is testing everyone in this room right now. Not just through my preaching. That's not what I'm talking about. The word of God is testing you in your lives to see if you'll be obedient when the promises of God are not here. When the Lord spoke. Okay. Now, I'm going to give you an example of the, the word of God testing people during their waiting season. How many are in a waiting season? You're in a waiting season. No, no, not just waiting for something to happen. You're waiting because that waiting is connected to a prophetic word or prophetic promise. Right? See, that's the difference. There's, there's waiting on the Lord without any prophetic promise. Then there's waiting on the Lord when you really have a thus say of the Lord over your life. When you really have a prophetic word over your life, the waiting is even harder because you know that God spoke it. Right? So it's like, wait a minute. If God spoke it, God, let God be true. Let every man a liar. Why is it not happening? There must be a reason that we may not know of. But let me give you some examples. Look at, look at David. Look at Psalm 119. Is this good or what? Are you, uh, watch this. Psalm 119, verse 65. Look at the New King James Version. It's going to be up on your screen. Look at what David said. You have dealt with your servant, O Lord, according to your what? Word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. I believe he was afflicted not only physically, but he was also afflicted by the word of God to keep the word. The word afflicts to keep the word. Now, now watch this. This is a similar to Joseph. David's story is very similar to Joseph. David was out in the fields, and all of a sudden, a prophet, a very known, renowned prophet, Samuel, who the Bible says none of his words fell to the ground. Could you imagine that? That means everything he said, God made. But could you imagine everything that you say from the Lord comes to pass? Everything? The Bible says he did not allow one word from Samuel to fall to the ground, right? He said it, he, he was known across the land about a prophet. So if me and you know a prophet like that and he says something over you, you can take it to the bank, right? You'd be like, wait a minute. Prophet Samuel prophesied to me. And, he, and prophet Samuel came to the family of Jesse and he found David. Uh, and watch this. And he anointed him the next king of Israel, Right? Over all his brothers, sounds like Joseph. He was about 20 years old, uh, hist history says, when he received that anointing. Listen, that's all glorious and that's all fun. But that's when the fight started with David. That's when the battle started. Could You, you know how big deal that is, guys? That's like, a, a, name me, name me a, a, a Rachel or anybody, name me a, a renowned prophet right now that has a track record, a real good track record. Anybody? Who? Hank Kuman? <laughs> Hank Kuman. Hank Kuman. Okay. That's like Hank Kuman. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Right. Coming to your family. He's a renowned prophet. You know that he is, has a track record of getting things right. And he sits your family down and then he goes, hey, one of you guys is going to be the next president of the United States. And then he grabs you from the dinner table and he picks one person of your family and anoints them with oil in front of all your family. And you're like, Him? That person, I'm sure the brothers of David said that, that person, listen, that prophet carries weight with them, right? 
do you know that, watch this, after Samuel poured out the oil and prophesied, you will be the next king of Israel, he didn't become the king of Israel right away. He spent the next, watch this, 10 years, 10 years running away from Saul, running for his life, running from cave to cave, dodging arrows, dodging accusations right after the oil came on him that he was going to be the next king of Israel. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to put you at ease. If you've ever had a prophetic word, that's when the fight starts. Don't be discouraged because the exact opposite is happening. If you find yourself turning astray because you're just tired of waiting, it's because God has been trying to test you this whole time. To see if you would be obedient. But that doesn't mean that his word over you over your life was just that you ate too much ice cream. It means that he truly spoke. Ten years. By the way, you know when he finally became into that calling? When he was 30 years old. You know when, all, when Joseph came into his calling? When he was 30 years old. Joseph had to endure affliction after affliction. The real testing of your faith. That's the next slide. Usually begins immediately after you've received a prophetic promise from the Lord. This is why David could honestly say, search me, O God. And all these things that David say. Would David still be obedient to God with all the things that were happening to him? Right, watch this. If you look at the same scripture in the, in the beginning scripture that I asked, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about two more people. But the same scripture that I opened up with in Psalm 105, I want you to see it from a different angle. And this, from the NLT, this verse summarizes my entire series in this one verse. This one verse, the same verse that we opened up with, but now in the NLT, summarizes the whole purpose of this series. Here it is. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, whose name was Joseph, who was sold, watch this, as a slave. Now look, look, look at this. Here's how it reads a little different. They bruised him, his feet with fetters, and placed his neck in an iron collar. This is Joseph. This is the man of God. Wait, 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 wait. Let's pause. This is the man of God, the chosen one. Shackles around his neck. Chosen one. The chosen guy to lead all of Israel into, the, into uh, protection from famine. Chain around his neck. Collars. They bruised his feet. The Bible says it hurt his feet. Now watch this. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams. Remember the dreams that he had? Remember the dreams that he had? Remember the dreams? The Lord tested Joseph's character. I'm going to say that again. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. I'm going to switch it up for a little bit. Until the time it comes to fulfill your dreams, the Lord will test your character. Are you finding yourself more cranky? More frustrated as time goes by? Is because what you don't realize is that God is trying to reveal your own heart to you while you wait. While you wait for your prophetic promise to come to pass and you're getting tired of waiting, the true you is coming out. I'm going to read this. I'm going to, listen. I'm going to read what, it's not going to be on the screen, but I, it was so powerful that I wrote it down and I want to miss it. In other words, you can tell the strength of your character by the degree of your obedience 
to the word of God when you're being tested. I'm going to say that again. You can tell the strength of your character by the degree of your obedience to the word when you're being tested. Now look at this next, look at this next point up here. God tests our faith with prophetic words. Woo, this is good. But he tests our character with a written word. I want to say this clearly. God tests our faith with prophetic words. In other words, faith, do you still believe? Do you still believe? Do you still believe? Do you still believe? So he tests our faith with the prophetic word, but he tests our character with a written word. Wait a minute, Pastor George. Didn't you say something about character last week? Yeah. There's a difference between testing your faith, uh, 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 sorry, character, and establishing character. The Bible says that perseverance produces character. It produces character. But once character is established, how character is tested through the word of God. Character and integrity is always tested by how much of the word is inside of you. In other words, in other words, let me give you just an example. You have an opportunity to get away with something when no one is looking. The degree of how much the word of God is in you will determine your decision at that moment. When you want a little extra pleasure, come on somebody, you know I'm talking real here, and nobody's looking. Or you go to a place and you know you could get away with something and no one will ever find out. Your pastor will never find out. Your spouse will never find out. And you, you could smoke out a little bit. No one will ever know. You could do these things. You get some sexual favors and no one will ever know. Come on, I'm just being real here. No one will ever know. It's just you and that moment. What's inside of you? The degree of the word of God inside of you will determine at that moment if you will stay standing or compromise. That's why God tests our faith with prophetic words. He tests our character through the word, the written word. Now, let me talk about your faith. Has your faith been tested because the prophetic word has not come to pass in your life? Preach, Pastor George. I'm trying. How is your faith right now? Let's be honest with each other as a church family. How strong is your faith or your faith in the spoken promises of God when it's been years that that thing has not come to pass? He's testing how you believe. But he tests your character, your integrity, your integrity and your character through the written word inside of you. Listen, listen. I'm going to say it again. But I said it before. Hide your word inside of me. He didn't say so that I could preach better. Hide your word so I could do conferences better, so I could pray better. All those are great things. He said, no, hide your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So, so let's put that in reverse. Do not hide your word in my heart and I will sin against you. I'm going to be very blunt. The degree that you invest in the word of God will be the degree that you'll be obedient over temptation. If you have a lot of charisma, a lot of love for God, a lot of passion for God, all that's great. But if you, if you don't spend time and get the word inside of you, when all hell breaks loose, you're going to give in to all that hell. You know another person that was tested in their faith? Abraham. He had a double whammy. Abraham, 
Remember, we're talking about until his prophetic word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested Joseph. Until the prophetic promise came to pass for David, the word of the Lord tested David. Now watch this. Abraham had a double whammy. The, he, had a, like a, he had like a prophetic word on steroids. Because Abraham not only had a pro prophecy about his son being the promised one, he at, his, at an old age, at an old age, the Lord says, you're going to have multitude of descendants from your loins, right? He's like, okay, okay, well, you, be you better hurry up because, you know, I'm 75 years old, I'm getting old. He waited till he was 100 years old, 100. He goes, now, now I'm going to start. All the pro, but I don't have any other. No, no I'm going to start now. L look at now. Watch this. Look at what the Bible says in Romans about Abraham when he waited for the promise to come. Now watch this. This convicted me. Watch this. Romans chapter four. How many have a prophetic promise from the Lord? Okay, I'm going to share something in just a second that brought me to tears. I showed my staff in, this, in, a, uh, in the in the room. Romans chapter four, verse 18. Say Amen if you're there. NLT will be on the screen. Even, <laughs> I, I actually, I could be honest with you, I started laughing. There's some things that you just laugh, right? Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Wait, there was no reason to hope. Why? Because he was 100 years old. You guys are not getting anything. Okay. Abraham, you guys, you guys have a halo over your head. Abraham kept hoping, be, be, listen, believing that he would become the father of many nations. Why, why was he believing that? Why was he believing that? Watch this. I'm going to pause. Your, your declaration will, should mirror your past prophetic words over your life. Watch, watch this. Watch this. Believing that he would become the father. Why, why did he believe that? Because God said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Now watch, watch this next verse. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Do you understand that Sarah was not only, I'm not trying to be funny, okay? And I'm not trying to be insensitive. But Sarah was not only old, she was barren. So, so, so you're not only barren, but you're 90 years old. Now, scientific study, I told my wife, I rehearsed this with my wife. I said, babe, I don't want to mess up. She goes, babe, you're going to mess up, don't say it, don't say it. Right? But I'm going to try to say it without offending anybody, Okay. Medically and scientifically, ladies, you can help me out here. Lord, help me say this right. When you get an older age, you stop producing things that need to produce, right? And so in other words, even scientifical studies say when you get 90 years old and you've done, uh, done hit menopause and, you, and you know, you're, <laughs> is it hopefully the eggs, eggs stop producing, I guess, right? It is almost impossible to give birth. When you're 90 years old because of the physiological changes in your body. So that in, its, in and of itself was a miracle. Plus, not only that, she had never given birth ever in her life. She was barren. It was, watch this, in the most impossible. God's like impossible plus impossible equals hope, right? I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Right, I'm going to take an impossible situation. I'm going to multiply that times two. 90 and barren. Abraham's like, we're done now. I'm old. I'm old. I'm 100 years old. You've never bore children. You're 90 years old. Watch this. But he held on to a thus saith the Lord over his life. Because when he was 75, the Lord says, you're going to have a child. And it's not going to be through this lady over here. This is going to be through Sarah. 
okay, Lord. And then the Bible says Sarah laughed, and God says, why are you laughing? <laughs> I could preach it, God saying, why are you laughing? <laughs> you little gangster, like, you, you laughing now? I'm funny now to you, right? <laughs> Guess what happened? 90 years old, she gave birth to Isaac, Isaac. The promise. So there was, in one moment, the double whammy prophecy came to pass. He got the promised child and his wife's barrenness stopped. But watch this. It took until he was 100 years old. Now watch. I'm going to keep reading. In, in Romans chapter 4. Oh, glory to God. Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though at 100 years old, he figured his body was, uh, was as good as dead and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham, listen guys, let this convict you. This is how I know Abraham was filled with the word in him. Because he had a prophetic promise, but at 100 years old, watch this. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. Say that with me. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, this is where I got convicted. His faith grew stronger. What? How can your faith grow stronger when at 100 years old, you know that it's possibly in, almost impossible to bear fruit? Because he knew a secret. If God said it, then it's going to happen. Because the Bible says, the words that come out of God's mouth, it shall not return void. Whatever he speaks, it will come to pass. Let God be true. Let every man a liar. Jesus says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. I'm here to tell you, if Jesus ever spoke a word for you, you could take that to the bank. All hell could be loose. It could be like nothing's going to happen. Your faith should grow stronger because you say, at any moment now, I'm not going to die until I see the promise of God. That's why here's a good news. That's why we could fight that. I'm going to say that at the end. But that's why how we could fight. Because if you're in a plane and you're all getting nervous and you have prophetic words of your life, you could just look back and say everything's going to be okay. Your pastor says, why? Because I have a prophetic promise that hasn't come to pass yet. We're going to be all right. We're, what do you mean? What do you mean? I know God spoke this to me, and I know that to the best of my ability, I'm trying to follow him. And that, those prophetic words, I have not seen yet. So we're going to chill out. We're going to have a turbulent ride, but the prophetic word is what I'm holding on to. Come on, it's what I'm holding on to. But watch this. The Bible says, in fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. Watch this. He was fully convinced. Are you ready for this? Come on. He was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever, oh man, he promised. Everybody say fully convinced. He was fully convinced that God would do whatever he promised. You know what, Abraham, he didn't have superhero faith. All he had is this. I know a principle that if God said it, he's going to do it. Most of us, we give up. By the sixth month that God doesn't do what he said he's going to do. Two years when he said, you know what? But it took David 10 years. It took Joseph 13 years. I'm not saying it's going to take that long for you. But what if it does? Can you still hold on to thus saith the Lord? Some of you have prophetic promises that you've actually doubted that prophetic promise because you've been so disappointed time and time and time again. Some of you said you're going to have a business or you're going to be a powerful business people and it haven't happened yet. You actually have been going two steps backwards and then doing one step forward. Guess what? God is testing to see if you still believe. Here's a word of the Lord for you. If you had a bit, if you had a message, a prophetic word that God was going to use you in ministry or God was going to make you a successful business person and you've gotten backwards, 
this is part of the process because it happened to everybody in the Bible who received the prophetic word. Abraham's prophetic word was tested by the written word. Now watch this. Here's where I'm going to close. Look at this slide up. This is where I'm going to shout. When we know, everybody say when we know, that a word is truly from the Lord, it will help us to hold on and not give up when we, when we wait on that word. Everybody say when I truly know that a word is truly from God, it will help me not to give up and hold on while we wait. You know how we sing the song, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Right? We don't, we don't just fight our battles. Watch this. Watch this. We don't just fight our battles through worship. We just don't fight our battles through the word. I'm going to give you a, a, another weapon to fight your battles. You fight your battles by identifying the spoken word of your life and holding on to that. Because if it didn't happen, that means while you're going through trials, that word is still has not been fulfilled. So you hang on and say, I'm going to fight until it comes to pass. You want a weapon for your warfare? Grab an old prophecy that hasn't come to pass. Grab an old word that hasn't come to pass. And you grab it and you make war and intercession because it's through your prophetic words that you wage war. Look at look at first look at what Paul told Timothy. Come on, what look at what Paul told Timothy in First Timothy chapter one, verse eight and eighteen in the NLT. Timothy, my son, oh hallelujah! Here is my instructions for you, based on the prophetic words. Everybody say prophetic words, based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battle. Based on what God told you is an, is an anchor for you not to give up. Why? Because when everything in you wants to give up, you still have a prophetic word. You say, devil, this is not going to pass. You're not going to lie to me. The Lord spoke to me. And the Lord says in Isaiah 55 that everything that comes out of his mouth, it will not return void, but, it, but actually accomplish what I purpose it to do. Watch this, watch this. This is how you fight your battles. Find something that the Lord you know unequivocally spoke to you that has not happened to you before. And take it to the Lord in prayer. Watch this. May they help you with the Lord's battles. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. Watch this. I want the worship team to come up here. And I'm going to give you three final points of how to fight the battle prophetically. Watch with prophetic words. Say this after me. Say, I fight my battles. Not only through prayer, but by declaring the prophetic words that has not come to pass in my life. What did you say this morning? That it was a powerful statement. Your vision will destroy what? Your prophetic declaration destroys discouragement. If you're discouraged today because you're not seeing what God has spoke, promised to you, keep declaring it, and there will be hope that one day, like Joseph, it will come to pass. Watch this. Watch this. It was very hard for Joseph, very hard for Abraham, very hard for David. But what we don't see or read about much is the rejoicing part when it actually did, did come to pass. There was great authority given Joseph, great authority given David, great rulership, and great contentment when they have to suffer these things. Some of you, I'm saying by the Spirit, you have become dull, dull in your faith. You've become bitter. You've become critical more than you used to be. Critical at people. 
critical at church, critical. You no longer, I'm, I'm going to share this. I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to tear up here. You're no longer innocent like you used to be because you've been waiting for a long time and, that, and nothing has happened. And can I just be very, very honest with you? It's more torturous when the Lord spoke. Think about what I just said. If the Lord didn't speak, then I'm waiting for nothing. I'm like, might as well, like, okay, that's not, that's not worth suffering for. Because the Lord didn't speak it. But if the Lord spoke it and you don't see it, the first thing that you say to yourself is, what's wrong with me? Right? H have I stopped praying? Have I stopped? Am I doing something wrong? Am I being punished? Am I being corrected by the Lord? Why is this happening? Why is this coming to pass? You spoke to me. You sent an angel. You sent a prophet. Watch, watch this. This is how we fight our battles. Number one, I'm going to tell you how you fight your battles while you wait for the prophetic word. Say this with me. Here's how I fight while I wait for the word of the Lord that was spoken to me to come to pass. Are you ready? Number one, write the vision down. Write the vision. Write the dream. Write the prophetic word down on a notebook. Write it down on an iPad. Write it down somewhere in that you know that you will never forget. Because paper never forgets. Your mind will. Write it down. You know what Habakkuk or Habakkuk said in chapter 2? The book of ha Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 1. Look at this, guys. Look what the Lord says to Habakkuk. Right? Or Habakkuk, however you say, say it. It says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will what? Come on, say that. What he will what? Prophetic spoken word. What he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. Some of you need this. Watch, watch this. This is how you fight. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Woo. And make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Though it tarries, wait for it. Though it's delaying, wait for it because it will surely come to pass. I know in context this is talking about something in the end times that the Lord is telling Habakkuk. But the principle is still the same. Write the prophetic word down. Yeah, last night, I was in tears. I was telling Enrique this. And we all got stirred. See this little black journal? This is from 1993. I had to, the Lord, when I was studying, says, go get that journal. Because in this black journal, guys, and excuse me if I tear up a little bit. I was just so innocent back then. Every single thing that I, I would write pages and pages of prayers, just prayers. Like, there's like 10 pages of, Lord, help me, Lord, use me. Lord, I want to shake the world for you. Lord, I, I mean, 1993, right? But in this book, you know what's in this book? From the year 1992 to 2012, because then I transferred everything else digitally. Almost every major prophetic word is in this book. There's journals that I had for teachings, but there's one journal that I've never, ever got rid of. And this is one journal. This is like a golden book right here. All my prophetic words are here from 2000, 1993 to, to 2012. And I'm just weeping while I'm opening this book. And I'm hearing in one of the pages, I'm praying for my wife. Lord, whoever my wife is in this book, 
Lord, they love me like I, they don't love God, like they don't love me for me, not just for my position. And I'm reading this last night. And I'm reading all these prophetic words that's given to me about youth. And I remember how excited I was. One of the things that I wrote, wrote down is like, I got a prophecy that God's going to use me in youth ministry. I had no idea. No idea. And this was in 1994. I, and I said, I got a prophecy. And, and someone saw me that I was a whole a line of young people behind me. I was not even in youth ministry yet. But now you fast forward. And I was a youth pastor for years. Over hundreds of people. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. Turn. Want to know how you fight? You want, you want to know how you fight when you're discouraged? Pull out prophecies. I didn't even know that this was there. I totally forgot. So I'm writing, preparing this message. The Lord says, rehearse your prophecies. And in 2012, I couldn't believe this. How can a giant of the faith prophesy this to me? And I did nothing with it. I wrote, I wrote this. June 16th, 2012. Lou Ingo was at Orlando House of Prayer. I used to chronicle my, my prophecies. And he came to me. This is not a vision. This actually happened. Actually happened. I totally forgot about this until last night. Lou Engel, the general of the prayer movement, he came to OHOP and he came to me at the end of the service and he started to pray for me and he started to pray and, and, and as he was pounding his hands on my back, he was pounding his hands and saying, open the map, open the map and point to a city and I will give you that city. 2012, I did nothing with that word. He said, the Lord says, you are a revolutionary leader. And he pounded my back again. Point to the map. And God will give you a city. You know what I did? I said, Lord, give me a popka. Lord, give me a popka now. This is how I'm fighting my battles. Nine years later, after I received this, I said, Lord, you placed me in a popka. I'm going to open the map to a popka. And I'm going to ask you that you said, you said you would give me a city. You said if I pointed to the map that you would give it to me. So I hold on to that word. You said you were going to give me a wife. I hold on to that word. You said my so-and-so is going to be healed. I hold on to that word. That's that sword. The prophetic word. You write it down. Because when you are discouraged and you need a little pick-me-up, flip through the pages of Thus saith the Lord over your life. And you'll see how many times the Lord says, I'm going to use you here. I saw one that still hasn't come to pass. When I went to Colombia, they said, I, I read, read last night, there was a prophetess that says, I see you in an arena filled with young people. Maybe she saw sound the alarm. Maybe that was it. And maybe what she saw as an arena was just a packed place. But that happened in partiality. In partiality, that prophecy in 1994 that they saw rooms packed with young people was fulfilled through sound the alarm conferences you know what it does to me stirs me up again it stirs me up again to believe that God can still use me in the supernatural that maybe he wants me to resurrect sound the alarm for all ages this time around who knows but I fight saw promises in here about my brother and about my father and about my mother that they will be saved. And I remember 
those experiences when I led them to the Lord. My friends, you fight by writing the vision down. Write the prophecy down. Number two, you fight. Look at this next slide. You fight by going back and rehearsing the word that you receive. And use it as ammunition in your prayer time. In other words, it's not enough to say, wow, this was awesome. God, you really did speak to me. Wow, I am going to open a map. No, now you have ammunition in the prayer closet. You go to the prayer closet, you said, your word says that you cannot say a lie, that you cannot lie. So, Lord, if this is you, I know it's going to come to pass. You have a right to declare the promise of God back to yourself and back to God. Not that God forgets, but it, it, by reminding God, it stirs your faith. Lord, I want to remind you. Lord, I want to remind you that you said, you said that I will be in such and such a place. You said that I will be in a business. You said that I will go to this. You said that I'll have this. And Lord, I'm coming to you again because your word came to me in 1995 or 2001. Whatever that date was, you have ammunition. Watch this. Rehearse it and fuel it into your prayer closet. You want language in your prayer closet? Pull out your prophetic words. Well, Pastor, I don't know what to say when I pray to God. Start praying your prophecies. Start praying your prophetic words. Oh, that's just preaching. Well, then stay that way. Stay how you are. People, people, ah, that's too much. Well, how's the other thing working for you then? You know what I find? The people that are most critical are the people that are not doing anything. People have criticized me and they're not doing anything. The, the people that are critical the most are people that are not applying hardly anything in their lives. They find something wrong with everything. Yet, there's people that are paying the price, and they're not. And we're critical. Stop being critical and start receiving the word. Now watch this. I'm closing with this. The last thing you do when you fight your battles, watch this. Look at the third one. Actually, you know what? Go back. Go back. Put that back real quickly. I'm going to read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19. For all the promises of God are yes and amen in Him for the glory of God through us. Philippians 1, watch this. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in prayer, making requests for you with joy for your fellowship in the gospel, being confident of this very thing, that He who began a good work in you will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. So the first thing you do is write the vision down, the prophecy down. Number two, go back and rehearse it. And lastly, number three, faith without works is dead. I'm closing with this. Start being proactive in your actions to align yourself with a prophetic word and direction of your life. In other words, if you have a prophetic word that you're going to be a business person, start aligning yourself to business principles. Don't just wait there and wait for that prophecy to come to you. Start shadowing somebody that's doing what you want to do. Start shadowing a business person. If you have a prophecy that has that you're going to be a pastor, start shadowing someone that's a pastor. Start looking at YouTube videos about business practices. Go to a Bible school. Come on, somebody. Go to a business school. Don't, listen, align yourself with the prophetic words of your life and don't wait till it comes to you. Start being proactive. Listen, if, 
if I have a prophetic word and I'm going to go to the nations, which I did, if I'm not proactive in making, preparing myself, that will never happen. If you're a prophecy saying you're going to be a teacher of the, a student of the Word of God and you're going to teach many people the Word of God and you are not studying the Word, that's not going to happen. If you say, God prophesied that I'm going to be a business person, guess what? Most successful business people I know have gone broke at least a couple of times. I don't want to say this for free. This is not in my, in my notes. Your identity has nothing to do about how many attempts and how many tries you do it. You can fail 500 times and still be got called to financial. There's people that have told me privately, Pastor, don't put me up to do the tithe and offering portion because I feel ashamed that I'm telling people about financial principles and my own finances are wrong. I said, I'm going to put you in now for sure. Because what you're going through has nothing to do with the prophetic promise over your life. As a matter of fact, that's how you win that battle. You get up there and you talk about financial principles when nobody knows hey, that deep down inside you're in a financial storm. Yet you're teaching people. That's not hypocrisy. That's standing in faith. Until something happens. You know what push means, right? You know what push you got to push? Pray until something happens. Praise until something happens. Come on. Be patient until something happens. I'm going to ask you a question before we pray. Three questions. Three questions. My first question to you. What has God spoken to you as a promise at one point in your life? Think about this. I want you to close your eyes for a second. What has God spoken to you as a promise at one point in your life that has not come to pass? I want you to think about it. And I want you to write it down. Second question. What kind of battles have you had since you first received that promise from God? What kind of battles have you endured since you received that prophetic promise? And thirdly, Use those prophetic words spoken over you as a weapon to fight your battles and doubts during the waiting season. And know that during the waiting season, the word of the Lord is testing you. I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. I know it's late, but I want to pray for you, for those who've had a prophetic promise in your life. I want you to close your eyes. I'm not going to keep you long, but I pray this. I heard the Lord say this. Until your prophetic word comes to pass, the word of God is testing you. I want you to look back in time and grab your spiritual black book. It may not be a black book to you, but I want you to go back in time right now. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. And I want you to feel what, identify what the Lord has spoken to you very clearly about something that has not come to pass. And I want you to begin to use that as your weapon. I want you right now, take a moment as we worship. And I want you to bring that up to the Lord. We're going to fight our battles by bringing up the prophetic word of the Lord that if he said it, it shall come to pass. Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your voice right now. Come on. I want you to release that prophetic word to the Lord. Come on, whatever it is. Thank you for tuning in. 
For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.